Hello, and welcome to the Responsive Family Sleep Podcast. I'm your host, Kim Hawley, holistic sleep coach, lactation consultant, peaceful parenting educator, and mom. If you've ever felt overwhelmed by all the conflicting sleep info, frustrated with sleep information that just plain felt wrong, or searched desperately for a truly gentle and responsive sleep approach, then you are in the right place. In each episode, we'll be answering your most pressing baby and toddler sleep questions, busting those sleep myths, and helping you understand truly developmental, biologically normal baby and toddler sleep plus encouraging you to trust your intuition along the way. Let's get started. Hello and welcome back. It's almost the holidays. I love this time of year. There's just so much fun family stuff and traditions and the baking and the holiday lights. And there's just so many holidays across all the different cultures and religions and you know, communities that they feel like there's something for everyone for the most part. And this is such a wonderful time of year. There's a lot of family togetherness and traditions and just wonderfulness. And also, it can be a really stressful and disruptive time of year and feel very kind of chaotic and like you're trying to do all the things. And so in honor of it being the holidays, you know, starting holiday season, I guess, starts in a few weeks, depending on how you want to think about it. I thought I would do two episodes on some of the most common topics that come up with parents I'm supporting around this time of year. And so this week, we're going to be talking about how in the world do you handle family comments, criticisms, opinions, unsolicited advice around sleep. And then next week, we're going to be talking about managing um, and navigating disruptions to sleep during the holidays. So let's jump in. Families love to share opinions, right, about how you're parenting and what your kids should be doing and what you should be doing differently. And to a certain extent, that is just people, right? We all like to share our opinions, feel like we're being heard, and contribute, And if your family has really different views on sleep and parenting as you, and especially if you're really the only one who maybe isn't sleep training or is taking a more responsive approach, then it can feel really like a lot, right? A lot of criticism, a lot of unwanted opinions, and like you're the only one, you're kind of like the odd one out. And that can be hard. It can be isolating. And it can be hard when you're doing lots of family stuff and you're out of routine, and your little one's out of sorts, so maybe they are extra all the things, extra wakeful, extra needy, extra fussy, and you're just like, oh my gosh, please, no, (laughs) no comments, because your cope is lower as well. And so I wanted to go through some different ways you might handle comments and critiques and opinions, and hopefully something will resonate and give you some ideas for how to navigate this holiday season with your family. And if you have a family that's generally really supportive, then that's amazing. Some of these ideas are going to be helpful if you're dealing with just friends and acquaintances that have opinions. And so hopefully you can find them helpful for that as well. So I think there's a few things to think about ahead of seeing family and then, you know, things you can do in the moment when you're with family. So first, I'd say depending on whose family it is, it might make sense to have one or the other of, you know, partners, co-parents take the lead on 
is pushing back against family if that's something you want to do or educating family if that's something you want to do. Sometimes it helps to, you know, you educate your family, have your partner educate their family. Sometimes that's received a lot better. It really depends on family dynamics and that's definitely not true for, you know, for all families. So it's helpful to have that conversation ahead of time with your partner because they can't read your mind and things that stress you out may not stress them out. And so talking about it ahead of time can be really helpful if you want them to do something specific with their family or you want them to back you up in a specific way with your family. Just communicating about that ahead of time. Another thing that can be helpful is to just remind yourselves of your why, right? Why are you parenting this way around sleep? And the reason I'm suggesting to do this is that people's comments and that overwhelming pressure, you know, pressure to sleep train, pressure saying you're doing it wrong, that can be really unsettling and cause a lot of stress and anxiety. And so when we remind ourselves of our why, it can give you that confidence and sort of groundedness to head in that situation feeling like you can speak up for yourself and you can kind of let the comments slide a bit more easily. And so, you know, it could be the evidence base. It could be that it feels right. It could be that it works. It could be that, you know, sleep training wouldn't work. You know, whatever that why is for you, maybe it's all of them, right? Just finding a way to remind yourself of that, maybe with a bit of a, an affirmation, maybe just, you know, chatting it over like, hey, remember, we have good, valid reasons for the way that we are parenting around sleep. And then, you know, recognizing that there are lots of ways that we can respond to family and that it's really, there isn't one right way, right? And it can depend on who we're talking to, the situation, our energy level at the time, and what we feel like doing. And that's okay. You know, we can educate. We can deflect, (laughs) just throw in some humor, move the conversation along. Or uh, we can set some boundaries that we're just not going to go there to support our our own sanity. So educating. Educating is lovely when you have the energy for it and you feel like people are actually going to listen. People don't know what they don't know. There's a lot of differences in generational gaps. There's a lot of differences across cultures and people just don't know what they don't know if they haven't been exposed to other ways. And so I, I love educating when I feel like it, right? And you think I love educating all the time, right? This is what I do. But honestly, sometimes... I step back from educating because I don't want to come across as a professional who knows best, especially when navigating with family or, or friends or, or neighbors or colleagues. I'm like, I, you know, I don't want to step in and overstep, right? But I do love educating because we can share so much and help people understand and just build those connections and understandings so well when we're willing to to educate and people are willing to be educated and to share. And so we can educate in the moment, of course, and we can just educate more generally, bringing things up away from any specific moment. And I feel like this is actually a really lovely education strategy because sometimes when we educate in the moment, folks feel like they're being attacked or criticized or they get defensive or they feel like you're saying, ooh, you weren't a very good parent for doing that, right? So just like, you might feel criticized by a comment they're making about what you're doing 
educating back can sometimes make them feel criticized or judged. And so no one wants to feel that way, obviously. And so when we can educate away from a specific event, sometimes people are more receptive or they don't feel like it's specifically targeted at them or that strategy. And that can be really, really lovely. And I think when we're educating, it can also be helpful to think of, you know, is this someone from an older generation or different culture? Or is this more just about different ways of doing things? Because when people are an educate uh, a generation or two removed from actually parenting young children, we can really help them see what's changed. And to a certain extent, things are always changing. We're always getting new knowledge. And so I think that when we validate, hey, with the information when I was a kid or when my parents were a kid, that was a really reasonable choice. I totally makes sense. Did you know that we've learned a lot you know, in the areas of neuroscience or attachment or development or stress or sleep safety or whatever it is? And helping them see what's happened in the decades since they've had littles in their care. Like that can be really great. Um, if we're dealing across cultures, it can be wonderful just to talk about, oh my gosh, there are so many different cultural norms around raising kids. Tell me more about your experience. And I'll tell you more about kind of where I'm coming from. And that can be great. And when we're talking about a peer, right, a sister, a cousin, you know, a sister-in-law, brother-in-law, then I think it can be lovely to take the strategy of, isn't it wonderful? There are so many different ways that we raise children and that all our children are so different that there has to be different ways to meet their different needs. And that way we're not directly speaking to what they're doing. We're just speaking about the differences and isn't that great. And so I feel like these can all be really lovely ways to educate if people are going to be receptive. And if they're not, or you just don't have the energy, then don't educate, right? That's okay. And so it might just be about moving the conversation along. You know, thank you so much for sharing what worked for you. I can totally see how that worked. That seemed like such a great strategy for your kiddo. That makes total sense. You know, thank you for your concern about how we're sleeping. I really appreciate that you're thinking about giving us some suggestions or sharing what worked for you, right? These can all be reasonable strategies just to acknowledge, right? They probably do mean well, even if you don't like what they're saying. And then having some, like, just quick answers to common questions like, oh, how is your baby a good sleeper? Yep, they sleep like a baby. Are they sleeping through the night yet? Oh, about as much as can be expected. How much are they waking? You know, a normal amount. All those kind of just quick, you know, you're, you're answering truthfully and they can take it as they want to take it. And if you're good at jokes and humor to diffuse questions or deflect questions, this can also be a good space for that. Now, of course, sometimes people just keep pushing and they want to know all the things and they're super curious. If they are super curious, maybe that does mean they actually do want to learn. Or it could just mean, of course, they're stepping all over your, <laughs> your boundaries and feel like they're entitled to all the information. And so in that case, I think it's really important to remember that everyone is not entitled to all of your parenting information. And you don't have to talk about sleep with people who are going to make you feel bad about sleep or feel bad about what you're doing or make you feel like you're doing something wrong. And just knowing that you don't have to give a full and complete answer can be really freeing. 
And maybe you have to go a step further and really set a boundary that's like, hey, I appreciate your concern, but we really don't see eye to eye on this. And I don't want to spend our holiday arguing about sleep. So can we just table it and enjoy ourselves, right? Or something along those lines that just acknowledges, you know, their their interests, but also is like, look, we're not going to agree. Let's not waste time over this. And that's okay. We don't have to agree over everything. Or just, I'm not, I don't want to talk about sleep. I'm not going to keep talking about sleep with you. And then move along, right? And it might take you setting boundaries more than once, especially if your family's not used to it or doesn't take uh, limits and boundaries well. But I promise with you, setting boundaries around what you will and will not discuss with your family around parenting, especially in front of your kiddos, especially as they get older, is a skill that you're going to practice. So just think of this now as the early days of practice. And as your kiddos get older, you're going to be doing it more and more, most likely. So these are all different ways that we can interact with our families around sleep, right? And I think it's also worth remembering that whatever our parents or grandparents or aunts and uncles or whatever, whoever says about how their kids slept or how we slept as a, as a baby, they may or may not be remembering accurately, right? So it's possible they had the super easy baby that slept through early on and, you know, clearly, you know, it was, it was easy. And why is it so hard for you? Oh my goodness, I couldn't possibly know. I mean, like, it's possible babies like that exist. But it's also possible that their memory has blurred the timeline a bit and that what they're remembering, you know, how their baby slept could have been how their child slept at an older age. Or they're not remembering all the, you know, the the ins and outs. Or maybe they're remembering their child slept really intensely and that's what's motivating them to say, oh, you should have done this. I didn't do it. And look how hard it was for me. And they're, they're trying to draw from their experience and say, you know, if I had done it differently, my child would have slept differently when that isn't necessarily true. So this isn't something we can like magically fix, but I do think it can be helpful to remember that like, you know, if you're years away from the intensity of parenting babies and toddlers around sleep, your memory may or may not be accurate on those things. So just take what they say with a grain of salt, you know? So I hope that this episode gave you some ideas, gave you some conversation points with your partner ahead of holiday travels, got you thinking about what you might want to do um, or what things you might want to be thinking about ahead of these conversations. I hope that you're able to educate where you want and sidestep where you don't want, set those limits when you need to, and really enjoy time with your family without sleep and sleep training and all that causing too much tension. Thank you for joining me today. I hope this episode left you feeling more informed, confident, and encouraged on your sleep journey. And just a reminder before you go that nothing in this episode is individualized to your specific sleep situation, nor is it to be taken as medical advice. Take what resonates, ignore what doesn't, and check with your healthcare provider about any medical concerns. Take a moment to subscribe to this podcast so that you'll never miss an episode. And take a moment to rate, review, or share an episode you love on social media. All of that helps parents just like you find me, this podcast, and this gentle and responsive sleep information. I'll see you next time.